0: Morning, everyone. Thanks, Dan. That might be the nicest introduction I've ever had. Called an angel. Oh, appreciate it. Um, listen, I have a, an exciting uh, church family announcement to share with you. Um, it's actually a long time since we've, we've shared one of these, but uh, Susanna Brannan, who's here, Susanna, give a big wave so everyone can see. Uh, You maybe saw Susanna if you've not been around uh, church uh, for a wee while. Uh, Susanna was one of the readers on our uh, YouTube services a long time ago uh, and has been around the church since January, February time, is that right? Um, And has asked to join a membership, which we're absolutely thrilled about. And uh, Scott and I, on behalf of the elders, had a brilliant time with Susanna uh, a week ago, right? Tuesday, was it? I've lost all track of time Uh, recently. Anyway, Monday, I think it was actually and I had a really special time just hearing how God's been at work in Susanna's life over many many years and how he's held her and carried her and uh, it's just lovely to see God guide Susanna to be part of this church family and uh, we're thrilled to recommend her to join a membership and uh, that will happen probably in January just with travels and things like that so we just wanted to share that wonderful news with you. And if that's something that you're wondering, what on earth is membership, Uh, then please, uh, you know, come and ask me about it. And we'd love to uh, try and explain why we have a formal membership in this church. Um, Everyone who's here, we hope that you've been made to feel welcome. Um, But there is something very special about purposefully recognizing yourself as part of this church family. And that's what Suzanne has done. And if you'd be interested to explore that, I'd love to chat that through with you. One of the uh, songwriters uh, who we sing a lot of his worship songs in this church, it's maybe the case that we sing more of his worship songs than anyone, I'm not sure, it is a guy by the name of Matt Redman, and he's written some very, very well-known worship songs. And there's a little phrase which I first heard used by Matt Redman, uh, down at a worship conference in London that Lindsay and I were at, and a few others from the, the church family uh, as well, a number of years ago. I'm not sure whether uh, it was a phrase that he coined himself or, like all good preachers do, stole it from somewhere else, but it's, uh, he was speaking about worship, and the little phrase was, revelation and response, And the context for worship leaders was saying, don't worry too much about the response. God will take care of the response. You try and reveal through your songs and prayers and things like that, reveal who God is and and, and the Holy Spirit will take care of the response. But I think this little phrase, revelation and response, captures an awful lot of what is significant about life. Think how many key moments in your life, good and bad, you can remember which were really about revelation and response. So for example, some piece of news is revealed to you, revealed revelation, same, same word group there. Um, you hear of perhaps an event that has happened and you cannot but help immediately respond in that moment. So I, I guess one of the The best examples of this is uh, for those of us who were able to remember at the time when we heard of the events of 9-11. You heard what had happened and there was just this guttural response when you came across that news. Or we could think of the results of an election, which are revealed to us, and we could say that in the last decade there have been a number of important, significant, I think, surprising uh, re- election results. And whether you're delighted or, or devastated about which any of those which way any of those have gone, there is a, there is a significant natural response that comes when we are uh, when when it is revealed to us the result of that election. Or a different type of revelation. Perhaps sometimes we can be struck by something in nature. I'll never forget one time I was driving back from uh, seeing my brother up north in Inverness and I'd chosen to go over the Lecht route and I was listening to some beautiful music, Sigur I don't know if any of you know the band Sigur kind of this atmospheric, glacial, powerful, beautiful music, kind of haunting and, and lovely and I was just driving up and you know, once you get to the, the ski centre there, it, it dip, the road dips down and, and, and I just happened to come up to the the, the peak of... of The hill at that point where the music was swirling and and just as I got to the top the sun just blazed in my face and it was just this most beautiful moment of revelation of the wonder of God's creation and uh, I can remember my response so vividly just feeling overwhelmed at the vastness of the goodness of God and the wonder of my smallness and how I was there in that moment and caught up in that and it was powerful. Whether it's a news revelation or the revealing of exam results, positive or negative, or the revealing of how someone feels about you, if you find out that that could be positive or negative, or whether you hear some family news that's positive or negative, that phrase revelation and response sums up so many big moments in life. Well, this is, as we can see from the four candles uh, lit up there, uh, this is, believe it or not, the last Sunday of Advent, and through this Advent season, we've been in this series called Reveal, looking at four different moments of divine revelation, where God breaks in to reveal the wonder of this coming baby, no ordinary child, but the very Son of of God. And this morning I'd like us to to look at God's revelation to the shepherds in the fields outside Bethlehem and what our response should be in light of that. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 2 verses 8 to 20 which was just so beautifully read. So I'm not going to read the whole passage just now, but we'll sort of read it as we go through the message. Um, And uh, the first thing we see in this passage, we think about revelation, is the revelation of God's glory. The revelation of God's glory. So we pick this story up just after Jesus has been born. Let's read, this is God's word, verse eight. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. You see, revelation and response God's glory shines, and the shepherds freak out. They're frightened, they're scared in that moment. Now, no wonder, no wonder. Picture the scene. This was just one of their normal nights. Some of them had gone for a sleep. That's the way that they worked things in those days. Some shepherds would stay awake for certain periods of the night and others would take their turn to have a, a snooze. Uh, some of them would have been chatting or keeping an eye out for danger. They're, they're in the dark. Try and remember what it's like when your eyes adjust to the darkness. And then out of nowhere, this light shines forth the glory of The Lord. God breaks into this dark world. And I think we're we're meant to feel this contrast here in Luke chapter two. It says they were filled with fear, not just any fear, but it says there in verse 9, filled with great fear. The Bible is underlining something for us here, as it does in, in many places, which is it's no small thing. When the glory of God shines forth. So we have to ask, well, what is the glory of God? Well, one uh, preacher from a long way away who has helped me a lot with this is, is John Piper. And some of what I'm about to share has come through listening to various sermons of his. But the simplest definition, I think, of the, the glory of God is the public manifestation of the holiness of So if the the holiness of God is who he is in himself, that he is perfectly pure and perfectly just and perfectly unique and perfectly loving, if that's the holiness of God, the the glory of God is when that is displayed to the world. So if you think of Isaiah chapter 6 and the seraphim encounter the Lord of hosts, and you remember what they say, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's who he is. The whole earth is full of his glory. You might expect to hear holiness, right? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The the whole earth is full of his holiness. But no, when when the, the character of God is revealed and displayed to this world, that is his glory which shines forth. And here it is the glory of God revealed alongside an angel blazing forth in what had been a cold, pitch-black field. Now, that's a very unique moment. I'm sure we can't relate to perhaps that same experience that the shepherds had. But the question is, can we see the glory of God today? We can, friends, see God's glory in this world today, this coming week. Remember, God's glory is the going public of all that he is. And the Bible says that we see God's glory in lots of ways. So we see it in the beauty of the world around about us, the heavens above us. Remember Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens are declaring, speaking forth, the glory of God. When we, when, when I encountered that beautiful sun over the lake, that was God revealing something of his glory, his power, his heart to create, his beauty, his splendor in that moment. I've saying to Bethany the other day in the car, um, the, the sun was low over the horizon and it was just this beautiful golden orb, but we couldn't even look at it for more than like half a second without our eyes getting messed up. And it just, I was just saying like it just reminds us of of our finitude and our, 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 our smallness in relation to God. It's hundreds of, I think 93, we, we Googled it, 93 or so million miles away and, and we can't even look at it for a few minutes and that's just one average size star of, of billions. The, this, the, the, the glory of God is seen in the beautiful world around about us. We find other ways in the scriptures that refer to the glory of God. I think most clearly, Literally, as we read the scriptures, we see the glory of God because we're told that the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 4. So when we read the scriptures, all of which ultimately point to Jesus, we see the the wonder of who God is. We see God's glory as we celebrate, as we've been doing here this morning, in song, And in prayer, as Dan has led us in prayer to to God, we see God's glory when we come to the Lord's table month by month and we we share together and we remember his body given and his blood shed. We see God's glory in how we, his people, serve him and encourage and bless others. Remember the Apostle Paul in, in 1 Corinthians 10 says, whatever you do, you're to do it to the glory of God. So if we just think for a moment, for example, just to take an example of the the carols by candlelight services that are happening uh, this afternoon and this evening, God's glory is shining forth in that event in in the hours of Preparation and setup and sharing of food. I was looking on my time hop, and every year around this time, I get various pictures from the incredible spread of food that has been provided by Jane and Emma and many others who have helped them. And it's just a beautiful heart of of wanting to honor God and to bless his people and God's glory is seen in that or do you think about the the way the room's going to be set up or the time that the band and the AV team have spent in practice, all of this done as service to God with with a heart to bless those who will come into this place, God's glory shines forth in that as it will shine forth in the heartfelt welcome that folk receive as they come in, in the scriptures and the testimonies and the prayers that will be shared, in the words of the songs, in the warmth of fellowship and the care expressed in this place, in the service of God's people, his glory shines forth. So just encouraging that. Are you, are you experiencing that? Is that your heart as you, you, you ponder yourself as part of this church family? Is God's glory shining through you in the way that you participate in what he is doing in this church? And finally, we see God's glory as his people live and breathe alongside us, especially perhaps as they trust God through suffering. Because there we see the wonder of God is enough going public. God who will carry me, us, through any storm, any difficulty. As we extend kindness and love and that testimony to one another week by week, in all of that we see just something of who this God is. God's glory shines forth. That was their reality in Luke chapter 2. But in a different, yet still stunning way, this can be our reality as well. Now, what was their response to this? Look at verse 9. It says, The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. When you are accustomed to the dark and the glory of God shines forth, it shakes you. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, perhaps in worship, where you are so overwhelmed by the wonder of who God is, that you are shaken, and you're conscious, if you like to use this language, that you're standing on holy ground. And that should be the case for us in this church family. We may not have a moment like the shepherds did, but we we know that God is real. We know that he is who he says he is. And we should, from time to time, feel that reality pressing in on us. And it demands a response. And often the first, most guttural aspect of that is fear what's going on here? Who is this God? This is different from my normal interactions with other people in this world. What will this mean for me? Maybe we can remember a time where we realized, we had an encounter with God, we realized life's never going to be the same again. Life's never going to be the same for me. What will this look like? This is unsettling. There's, there's something appropriate in that response. None of us should ever be glib, chilled, relaxed, easy, when we're talking about an encounter with the living God and and an uh, an embrace of the display of his glory. But listen, listen to the wonder of the grace of God and his response uh, in verse 10. Uh, The angel said to them, fear not. Fear not. Yes, this is huge. Yes, God is here. Yes, nothing will ever be the same again. But don't fear. Why? Well, because of the second revelation, I want us to look at in this time, the revelation of God's good news. The angel said to God, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. And listen to the the nature of this message from the angels. Good news of great joy that will be for all the peoples, for all the people. So there is a a universal scope to this message which is communicated here by the angel. And this amazing message, this news is announced this cosmic global message is announced in a very particular way to particular people, to these shepherds. And as, as we've already heard today, uh, these were not well-respected people in the culture of that day, which is remarkable, therefore, that God would reveal this amazing good news to shepherds. But it goes much further than just that, because this incredible news for all the people of the world is shown to be actually a very personal message for the shepherds. For unto you, verse 11, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Unto you, shepherds, Not unto all the people. I mean, listen to the way it's read. Go back to verse 10. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto all those people is born this day. I mean, that's what you might expect to hear. But but there's this great news which is for all the people. And then the, the angel says, for unto you, shepherds, is born this day. And it's even clearer once you get into verse 12 where it says, this will be a sign for you, shepherds. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. There's something God wants you to do. Yes, there's this amazing news for all the people of the earth, but there's something, there's an encounter for you, shepherds, in this moment. And they understood this. After the angel left, they knew they had a journey to take. On the one hand, this good news is for all people. And we should pray in these days, that as, as in the run-up to Christmas, that across the world, that God would be at work in a remarkable way. But there is also this lovely reality that this message was made personal. This message of great joy made specific to a bunch of lowly shepherds. And friends, it's the same with us. On the one hand, God is at work bringing his kingdom here on earth. The the Christmas message is for the whole world to know. But God does not only work things out on a grand scale. He appears to shepherds, he has a plan for them. He appears to other normal people. It's just, you read the Bible, and one of the lovely things is it's just normal family and normal person after normal person who God appears to. And even in how Jesus comes to us, we can see this. Um, you maybe heard me quote before from Pastor Sam Albury, pastor and author from, uh, well, he's from England, uh, and, and he once tweeted this. Matthew's genealogy of Christ includes the outcast, the scandalous and the foreigner. The family Jesus comes from anticipates the family He has come for. People like us, normal people. God comes to us in the normal and the mundane, in the dark and dirty, in the struggle. And strife of our lives, and he knows us intimately, he knows what we are like in our need and our vulnerability. And he takes this huge eternal story for all people, and he makes that personal for us. And he, he gives us, as it's alluded to there in verse 12, he gives us a sign that would point to his humility his availability, the sign of how he identifies with lowly people like us. Dear friend, God wants to speak to you this morning, not just this world, not just this culture, not just Aberdeen, not just Hillview Community Church, but but you, right where you're seated just now. I um, wonder if any of you who grew up in Sunday school ever did the thing with John 3.16 where this wonderful message of God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And did did any of your Sunday school teachers encourage you to put your name in there? For God so loved Martin that he gave his only son so that if Martin would believe in him. That's a a good thing to do because it, it points to what's going on here. Good news for all peoples. For unto you is born the Savior. Go and find him. He's humble, he's lowly, he's there for you. He's ready, he's waiting. He's working out, yes, he's working out his cosmic rescue plan, but he's speaking that to each and every one of us. So we need to go and find him. And then listen to the final reality, revelation. I want to flag from this passage, the revealing of heaven's praise. Verse 13, suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. They've been on their own in the cold in that dark night. Then they were joined by one angel blazing forth with this amazing message of good news. And now that angel is joined by a a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying glory to God in the highest. Now this is interesting, right? Because um, in verse nine, we're told that the glory of God is shining forth upon the shepherds. And then the the angelic host, their, their song or their, their, their words of praise is that glory is to be given to God. Glory shines forth from God and glory is given to God. What's that all about? If that's confusing for you, think of, for example, a virtuoso piano performance. And, and, and what's happening there? Well, the glory of a performance spills out from within that musician now what 's the appropriate response when that happens? The appropriate response is for the the audience to mirror back with you know passionate applause and cheering to mirror back to that pianist the amazing impact their performance has had and that 's what 's going on here god 's glory shines forth, and the appropriate response of all of us is to say yes. Yes, you are glorious. Yes, your splendor is remarkable. I want to mirror that back to you. Thank you, God. That's who you are. I feel it now and I respond to you in this moment. The angels are pouring forth this amazing praise about God. And we are to receive that glory and give it back to him. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, as we do that, we know great peace. And on earth, peace Among those with whom he's pleased. This is what we're made for. To see, behold the glory of God. To wonder at it and to reflect it back to him. Thank you God for who you are. In that we know peace. They they had this incredible praise surrounding them. About who God was and what he's doing and dear friends this can this should be our reality if we've ears to hear i don't know what what are you hearing in the world around about you this last week what messages from friends family media your own heart what are you hearing around you are are you conscious of being immersed in the praises of the heavenly host. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all men. We need to tune in to the song of heaven. This is so important for us to do. We need to realign our hearts and our minds with that which is true. Do you remember Romans 12 verse 2? Do not be conformed. To the pattern of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. Our minds need to be. Re- Renewed day by day. It's a work of the Holy Spirit, but how we need to plead with him to do it. This world, what we see right before us, which demands our attention, our day-to-day experience, is not an accurate picture of ultimate reality. We get so bogged down, don't we, with what is before us, that we think this is ultimate reality. And if we believe in heaven, if we believe in a God, then he, he can be pushed to the back of our minds so often. But that's not the case. That's not what is true. That's not what should determine how we live in this world. This world that we're in just now is the shadow. There is an unseen reality which we are to look for. Second Corinthians 4 verse 18 again. It's, it's that which is not passing away. It's that which is eternal and true. That's what we need help from God to see and to frame our lives around. And that reality The unseen reality of the kingdom of God is one that resounds with the praises of God. And in Luke chapter two, these shepherds, these normal people, were just surrounded. The reality was just encompassed by the true and right and ongoing praise and worship and glorifying of God. And we need to tune into that more and more. I don't know about you, but for me, music is a great help in this. One, I think I've said this before, um, One of my favorite songs to listen to as I'm driving here on a Sunday is that song that we sing quite often where it says, Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, our God reigns. Hallelujah, our God reigns forever. All my days, hallelujah. Why do I listen to that? I listen to it because I'm driving past homes where not the faintest of consideration has been given to God in the last week. And I'm driving along very conscious of my own sinful heart that has either ignored God, forgotten about God, pushed against God, sought to go my own way far too many times that week. And that, that, that can be the reality that I tune into more than anything else. I need to retune into what is true. I need to hear the true song of heaven. Our God reigns. He is Lord. He is not phased by anything. He's not out of control. He's holding this world in his hands. He holds you in his hands. He is working his purposes out. He's perfect in love, perfect in wisdom. We can trust him. He reigns and we need to remind ourselves of that. That is our ultimate reality. And we need to tune in. To this revelation of the praise of God. So, in conclusion, we have God's glory revealed, shining in the dark. We have this message of good news for the world and for each and every one of us revealed. We have this revelation of the, the right and true and awesome praise of heaven. What is the response? Verse 15. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Let's go, they say. The angels leave them to go back to heaven. It's uh, dark again, it's cold again, the reality of their work, their normal daily lives is there again, now what? And they say, let's go. It's not actually that they were told to go by the angels, they were informed of what was there and they made that choice to go and to respond and to see this Lord Jesus. Heaven broke into their situation, but they still had a choice to make. They had to step forward. It would not have been easy. The easiest thing to do would have been to deal with the sheep that were there with them in the field outside Bethlehem, but they had to get to Jesus. And it's the same for us. Heaven has broken into our lives. This is what Christmas is all about. God's glory does shine forth. There is good news. That is the reality. There is this reality of heaven's song of praise. But we still have a choice to make. Will we journey to Jesus? Will it be a priority for us? It was with them, right? They went with haste. And then it says in verse 20, they returned, having encountered the Lord Jesus, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. When you encounter the reality of God's revealed glory, his good news, his praise. You're never the same again. You do, ter- you do return back to normal daily life with all its ups and downs. You know, we, as Christians, we don't remove ourselves from the world, we, but we do go back differently, differently, glorifying and praising God. Will you go to Jesus today and in this coming week? He has revealed his glory. He still is today. He has good news for this world and for you. The true reality of heaven's praises is surrounding us. How will you respond? Come to Jesus this morning, this week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time and this space. Lord, it's a busy time of year. There's lots of stuff going on. And this is a moment in history where there are all sorts of messages coming at us which can lead to fear and a feeling of being frenzied and upset and worried. Lord, I just pray now that in the quiet we would just take a moment and Lord, that you by your spirit would remind us of what is true and most ultimate and lasting. Remind us of your glory. Remind us of the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ. Help us here now in the quiet the praise of heaven. Father, help us respond in the right way today. Help us respond to you. Help us come to Jesus. We're going to do that in song, but I just feel prompted to invite us to just sing with voices only just now. If you have a heart, just this simple song, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice. Just this simple response to the Lord Jesus. Can we sing that together?